Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Our first reading this morning is taken from James, chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. We now read from Luke chapter 12 verses 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator between you. Then he said to them, Watch out! Be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them, he, and he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus again. And I'll say to myself, You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for them, themselves, but is not rich towards God. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. I, I, have, I have a friend with me. I have a friend, I have a, a flat, flat Stanley, right? Yes. So Flat Stanley is here to preach with me this morning. Uh, and so actually, what uh, I probably shouldn't do that. I'd hang him by his hand. That probably wouldn't be good. So we'll just put him right here. Uh, I encourage you this morning to have your, your bulletins handy. As you notice, the, the service order is a little bit longer. So I gave you less space to take notes. That does not mean that there will be less notes that you should probably take. Uh, so if you need to bleed over into the prayer section, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, but today we conclude this series uh, that I hope has been insightful. I, I know that uh, a lot of times we talk about preaching to ourselves, uh, and I preach to myself a, quite a bit this series, and today is, is no exception. 
Uh, so, uh, so hopefully you will also hear a little bit of that uh, as we go through today. And so I ask that you would pray with me. Gracious and almighty God, uh, we come striving to hear your word. And God, I know that, that sometimes these messages can be difficult and, and sometimes they're difficult for me. Uh, and so God, I ask that you would speak. Uh, as your servants are listening, God, the words, may they, may they not be mine, but may they be yours. Uh, your message for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so, so back around World War II, uh, there were a couple of big department stores, and many of you probably will know this. Uh, there were big stores that were competing. It was Montgomery Ward and Sears Roebuck. You remember those two big companies? Well, the chairman of Montgomery Ward, Sewell Avery, decided that it would be best during the time of war to maintain his existing stores and just save up money. After all, it seemed like after every war, there would be this huge recession, and then he could buy up property for pennies on the dollar. During this time, he managed to save about $600 million. His response was, why would I spend $14 a square foot when I can wait and spend three? Sears, however, had a different plan. They had opened up stores in suburban America and increased their presence all over the states. The recession never hit the way Avery thought it would. But by the time he was able to pivot and begin changing, it was too late. Sears had already surpassed him, and Wards eventually went bankrupt. Avery didn't listen to the cultural cues that were all around him, only listening to past history and it cost him the company's future. Sounds a little bit like our, our passage this morning from Luke. Someone decides that they will build a bigger building and to store all of their crops in, saving up so that they could have this wonderful life to eat, drink, and to be merry. But this person didn't listen to the signs that were around him. Those signs might have been the form of hungry people in the community homeless families, or, or maybe even the telltale signs of a failing health. After all, he did die that very night. And what did all of this saving for himself do? Nothing that he was able to enjoy. Now, you may be thinking that this is a little strange story to share as we conclude our series on redeeming the routines, but I think it's, I think it's the motives that we find in these stories that are mentioned that are most important. While most of what we've talked about already in this series focuses on ourselves, we must acknowledge the motive for the series. Yes, it is about making our lives better, but it goes beyond that. You see, when we are flourishing in life, we have a profound impact on the lives around us. When we are living our best life, one filled with joy, gratitude, the meaning, the abundant life, we are much more than just living for ourselves. Our lives shine as an example of God's hope, grace, and love to the community around us. It's not all about us. It's not all about us. It's not about how much we can earn and save so that we can just take time for ourselves. John Wesley, if you remember me telling you this before, I'll tell you again. He said, 
save all you can. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Earn all you can. Save all you can so that you can give all you can. And that's not just financial. Even though we may hear it that way, it is not just financial. It is every aspect of our life. It is done in all those domains that I shared with you last week. Now, I don't want to review all of what we've already discussed in this series, but just be aware that if you want to, you can go back and access them. They're all on our YouTube and our Facebook channels. You can go back and watch the the sermons over again. There's links for both of these actually even on our website as well. So you can find those. I encourage you to go back and review them. And if you've got any questions, I'm certainly available for more conversations. Remember, we do have coffee every Thursday morning in the sunrise room from 7.30 to 9. And if you can't make it during those times, so some of you are still afflicted with work, uh, <laughs> we can set up another time. I'd love to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you somewhere else, so that's fine too. So what does it mean to redeem our routine? How do, we get, how do we do it? Or better yet, what do we do in order to redeem them? I mean, much of this comes through different processes, but as we talk about them, I want you to be fully aware that we are all different. I know, sometimes it's hard to understand. We're all different. <laughs> so whatever works for one person, it's not going to work for the other. You'll need to adjust this to your lifestyle, your personality profile. Some, however, are universal. So when I think about redeeming my routine, I think of ways that I can form and utilize every aspect of my day to not only increase my flourishing in those areas, but how I can be sure to connect it, connect it all with my relationship with Jesus Christ. All of those domains, all of those things. If any aspect of my life doesn't glorify God, then what is it there for? If any aspect of your life doesn't glorify God, what is it there for? As I've said earlier, God created us to flourish in the garden, to be in a relationship with each other, and to be in a relationship with our Creator. This is a beautiful life. Then comes the words from Jesus, from John 10.10, I have come to give them abundant life. As I said, not just life. Jesus comes to give abundant life. Every aspect or domain of our lives should glorify God. Even those mundane things like washing the dishes or mowing the yard. I mean, do you just wash the dishes? Load the dishwasher maybe? Just because it needs to be done? Or is there something more? Maybe you're trying to help your spouse or your roommate when they're having a bad day. Maybe you want to be sure that there will be dishes ready when company arrives. Maybe not all the time, but I think you get the point. Motives behind the actions are important. So let me ask you, what are your routines? What are your routines? What are those daily tasks that you have? Do they fit in all of those seven domains of life? How does your calendar look? Is it filled with the usual stuff? Or is there space or margin built in for some of those big projects? How do your hopes and dreams fit into your schedule? How do your hopes and dreams fit into your schedule? 
Maybe they're just there, not actually a part of your day, just hoping that you will find time to work on achieving them. Redeeming our routines is one aspect of making sure that we have the time to spend on our hopes and dreams. Those are the things that God has instilled within us. Maybe it's, maybe it's to begin a new career, start a new ministry, maybe like knitting or crocheting items for those in need, maybe hats and mittens. What are the dreams that God has given to you? And how can you make sure to achieve them? Knocking down the barriers that get in the way. One of those big barriers? Procrastination. Redeeming our routines requires more than just ourselves. It involves, at times, others around us. This could be friends, could be family, spouses and kids, even co-workers. But I think the crucial part of this participation is the triune God in our routines. God created us for those things. Jesus gave us an example and offered us the grace in this new life to achieve it. And the Holy Spirit is there all the time to encourage, challenge, and to guide us. In Jesus' prayer from John 14, verses 25 and 26, we hear this. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Trinitarian participation on full display in this short little passage from Scripture. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all active in our lives, especially when it comes to guidance and to teaching. You see, much of what I have learned during this first year of my demon, or uh, I should say doctor of ministry program, because saying demon sounds a little weird, that that I am striving to get a demon. (laughs) Doctor of ministry. Uh, Part of this, the programming, redeeming my routines, have come through making sure my priorities are in line with my hopes, dreams, and goals. And this comes through finding balance through work, leisure, and growth across all those seven domains of life. And yes, I am still working on it. I have not been perfected yet. <laughs> Just ask my wife. She will tell you. So how, do, how, how that looks for each of you will be as diverse as we are as individuals. Fellow pra- procrastinators like myself... We'll need extra support in planning and moving ahead with tasks and goals, while those who are super organized and self-driven, like my wife, (laughs) will need almost nothing in that particular area. Where we need help in in the process of redeeming our routines is making sure that we spend time in these following areas. And the areas are this, dreaming Visioning and imagining the future. Dreaming, envisioning, and and imagining the future. What does that look like? What could the future bring? Two, goal setting and planning. You get that dream and that vision that you have, and you say, okay, what goals do I need to reach those dreams? And then you identify tasks and design different actions to get you to your goals. 
And a lot of times that comes through step four, which is that scheduling and, and managing of our time. But we also have to realize that one of the other steps is anticipating and solving problems. Because I don't know about you, but my day is, is perfect. I never approach any problems or anything that come up. <laughs> and then you have this part of analysis, evaluation, celebration, confession, and recommitment. It's all in one. You know, where you try to figure out, okay, what happened? What went wrong? What do I need to do to change for the future? And then recommit yourself to that goal, to that dream. The last one is probably the most important. And it's a Latin term. It's called corum deo. Corum deo. Up on the mountain. Alone. Time with God. Moses retreated to the mountain to connect with God. It was in those spaces that he was able to encounter God, to receive guidance and encouragement, as well as to be empowered to go forward. Jesus retreated many times to pray. Some of those times were up on a mountain. Strength and direction came from those times alone with God. When was the last time you went away for a length of time just to spend time focusing on your life's decisions, your life's direction, listening to where God was calling you. When was the last time? Can you remember when the last time was? Now let me be clear. This doesn't have to be a faraway destination, although it certainly could be. It might look like taking a day or two to spend locally. Coffee shop, a safe space in your home without distractions, maybe even in the sanctuary here. We need to have those time to focus, to get clarity, or to just tap into God's strength for something that we're facing. It is good to have that time to look at the domains of your life and dream of what it could look like to flourish in those areas. When was the last time that you went away? to focus on yourself and your relationship with God. Now, as I wrote this, this little sentence came out and I, uh, and I wasn't really sure if I wanted to include it, but it was like, okay, this is the Spirit speaking. Uh, if you're interested in the possibility of a weekend retreat focusing on this, let me know. Because it just might be coming in 2022. There's something that is, that is calling and, and is working in this area. Uh, if we want to focus on those seven domains of our life and what it looks like, that maybe we find a space that we can do that. Redeeming your routines will come in all those domains of life. Spiritual, basic needs, social, vocation, work, and retirement, leisure, and growth. Yeah, the seventh is the redeeming the routines, but we kind of include that with all of those. So what that looks like will be different for each of you, but there are some things that we need to take into consideration as we talk about that. There are some fundamental guidelines that we need to be aware of as we proceed through this. First things first, the, participa the participation of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is foundational to all of this work to all of the work. 
Without our creator's presence and power, we can do nothing. Paul had this right when he said that he could do all things through Christ who gives him strength. We also need to acknowledge that some things just take time. So understand that the triune God is foundational, that that is important, but also now knowing that some of these things take time. It's not going to happen overnight. Relationships are not built overnight. Trust is something that needs time in most cases. We can't expect our friendships to just happen without spending time with each other. If we know that going in, we will be able to understand the time commitment in this area of our life. More than any other time, we need also boundaries. More than any other time, we need boundaries. It doesn't take much for us to see how the lack of boundaries affects relationships. From sex scandals involving celebrities, clergy, or even the Blackhawks to emotional responses, to racism, classism, sexism, and any other ism that you want to mention, and even the financial improprieties of business and churches, we can see how when people become emotionally weak, they are susceptible to abuse, especially acting upon it. We need boundaries in our life. And we need others to hold us accountable for our actions. We need to build that into our routines as much as we can. Remember also to be flexible. Too often we find our best laid plans thrown out the window because of emergencies. Whether it's our health, a financial burden, or a situation that is out of our control, we abandon a goal or two and we push it on the back burner. And at times, at times that's okay. But if we're flexible, we can make adjustments to our plans and many times keeping that goal alive. Now something to keep in mind is that society and culture is hostile towards redeeming our routines. Think about that. Our society and our culture is hostile towards redeeming our routines. There are so many distractions trying to keep us from achieving our goals. Certainly one of those is social media. While I applaud a few of you who have not given in to this part of society and don't have a Facebook page or an Instagram or, or maybe not even know what Twitter is, <laughs> but I know that not many of us can say that. In my 28-day examination at the beginning of my Doctor of Ministry program, uh, I had this examination of how I spend my time. And I wasn't surprised to see the amount of time that was spent on social media. Now, while some of that was doing things that were for the church, much of it wasn't. I remember uh, a member of the previous church that I served at, uh, and she was talking about social media in her life. And she decided at one season of Lent that she was going to give up social media for the season of Lent for 40 days. 40 days. No Facebook, no Instagram, no Snapchat, nothing. I asked her towards the end of the season about how she did, whether or not she was actually able to, to keep that promise. And she said she did. 
She told me that at first it was difficult. The fear of missing out is really great. But as time went on, she noticed something. She was actually feeling happier. Stepping away from all the negativity and the keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with everyone else, and and even the feeling of inadequacy because of what she was seeing, it actually brought her joy, that joy back into her life. Of course, it also allowed her more time to spend with her family. But our culture seems to focus on the little things. The little things. Not necessarily the big things. And social media can turn into a big thing. When maybe it should be a little thing. There's, a, uh, there's, there's an illustration about this. And I think I've got an image uh, that I, I want to show you. Yeah. Sand, pebbles, rocks, and a jar. Now, many of you have already seen this. You kind of know what, where we're going with this. If you haven't, great. This is wonderful. I can teach you something here. Uh, so let's think about the big things, the rocks. Those big things can be like family, careers, health, a relationship with God and others. Those can be those larger rocks in this this illustration. What are those rocks for you? What are those big things in your life? Those important things. Is there something that you would add to that list? Something that is of utmost importance to you? And so now we think of the pebbles. What are those pebbles in your life? Maybe it's homework, shopping, cleaning the house, maybe those inconvenient emergencies, any other things that you would put in that particular class of pebbles. But then we also have to remember that we've got sand. Maybe this is washing the dishes, mowing the yard, or all of those tedious tasks that kind of grate on you like sandpaper. But you see, as we look at the jar, if we begin by putting the big rocks in, those big important things, give the important stuff in your life priority, then you're going to have room for the pebbles to kind of shake down and in there. And if you do that, and then pour in the sand, the sand will filter in around both the pebbles and the rocks, and you will have balance in your life, and everything will fit However, if you put in the sand first and then move on to the pebbles, you will never, and I repeat never, have enough room for the important stuff in your life. Those big rocks will not fit in that jar. So please understand that we are not perfect and that we're going to fall off the wagon from time to time. The important question will be is if we get back on. If we don't put the stuff in the jar correctly, we can start over. We can get back on the wagon. We can redeem our routines because this is incredibly important and so we need to take the time to focus on them. Maybe you've never thought about this before and that's okay. But moving forward, desiring this abundant life that Jesus promises requires us to participate in the reality of our life. 
in the big rocks, the pebbles, and the sand. Can you fit it all in? Can you balance it together? How will you redeem your routines this week? Will you pray with me? Almighty God, as you tell us stories of people saving up so that they can live as they don't have a care in, a care in the world, that they can eat, drink, and be merry, and, but what we don't realize is what this life is going to be. And so, God, as we think about our routines and, and our daily lives and what we go through, God, help us to, to not only follow John Wesley by saying that we should earn all we can so we can save all we can so that we can give all we can. That, God, that doesn't mean just financially, but that means ourselves, our lives. Earn all we can by redeeming our routines, by, by making our lives balanced so that we can save up all that energy to work on our dreams and our goals, those things that you have instilled within us. But God, so that we can take that and share, share the hope, grace, and love that you have given to us. And so God, I thank you for this challenging series, a challenging message not only for for everyone here, but for myself. Speak to our hearts. Help us to go back over this time and time again to understand what your desire is for us in this abundant life. God, we lift this entire series and our lives to you as we look to redeem all of our routines. We lift this in in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I would say as our... uh, closing hymn. I'm going to ask you to stand as you are able in response to to God's call on your life to sing verses 1 and 2 of Take Time to Be Holy. So as we get ready to go forth from this place, going to our routines and thinking about what it means to redeem them, may we truly examine our lives and look at all of those normal things that we do every day and find out whether or not those glorify God. And if they don't, how can they? And if they can't, why are they there? So may we go forth knowing that God has called us to an abundant life. God has called us to this extravagant life. And so I ask that you go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you in this process. And the Spirit goes with you always. Amen.